here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. And we started last week telling you, God has forgiven you. Receive it. That's all you got to do is believe it. Receive it. Receive it into your heart. So I'm following up today because today, if you don't have a new heart, you can't receive the grace of God. Let me say that again. If you do not have a new heart, you cannot receive the grace of God. See, God's grace is only given by God. God has given us grace. I'm going to show you the word of God. God has already given you grace. All you can do is receive it. Grace, going to tell you this morning, get your pencil, your paper, your Bible, it's time for the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you now for your word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. Thank you for teaching us, leading us, guiding us, and helping us to understand the gospel of Christ or the gospel of grace. Now, we bless you, we praise you, we appreciate you, we adore you, Lord. We love you, we appreciate you. Thank you for making us your son. Thank you for making us your children. Thank you, Lord, for your divine protection. Thank you for letting the storms pass by. We give you all the praise and all the glory. We love you, Father. In the blessed name of our Lord Jesus, thank you for your precious blood. Thank you for your Holy Ghost. Oh, God, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Nothing like having the Holy Spirit. Feeling that fresh anointing on you all the time is such a mighty power. All right. All right, now let's get right into God's Word. I want to say to those who was born in the month of August, happy birthday to you. Amen. We don't want to forget that. All those who have anniversaries in the month of August, happy anniversary to you. All right. And we also are praying. We are praying for so many people uh, who are going through some situation in their life. We're praying for you, and we're giving thanks to the Father. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen? I want you to understand that somebody, somebody said it this morning on Facebook this morning. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing. It's an awesome thing. When you begin to look at this thing, you see how God do it. That, this is why I love, you know, things like this. I looked at, uh, when I went back to Job, now you think about Job. Job, out of all that Job had gone through, he still had a testimony. And watch what, watch what Job is going to say. I got this marked into my Bible. In Job chapter 42, we're going to get right to the Word. We just want to share something with you before we get there. And we're going to be teaching today on God has given us his grace, receive it. That's what we're going to show you. God has, past tense, grace has already been given. That's what the New Testament is, the gospel grace. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. Just believe it, receive it into your heart. But before you can do that, you got to have a new heart. And that's why I'm here today. Okay? Now, here it is. Joe 42. After God had finished talking to Job, chapter 42 and verse 1, then Job answered the Lord and says, I know that God can do everything. Somebody ought, to, somebody ought to put it out there this morning. Come on, put it out there. I know God can do everything. What a mighty God we serve. That's what he ended up at. God can do everything. Let's go check on Abraham. Let's see what Abraham said. You in a situation out there, let me show you something. Do you know the Lord? That's the thing. Do you have his Holy Spirit? That's the thing. Do you have, are you his child? These things it already told us. Genesis chapter 18. Mark your Bible, verse 14. Genesis 18 and 14. I need you out on Facebook. I need you to keep up with me this morning. First of all, I told you, Joe 42 and verse 2, I know thou can do everything. And then it says, and that no thought can be withholden from thee. That's Job 42 and 2. I know that thou can do everything. And then it says, no thought can be withholden from thee. Then we're going to go back and check Abraham. Let's see what Abraham had to say. Genesis 14, 8. 
Genesis 18, sorry, 18, 14. Genesis 18, 14. Watch what Abraham said. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, my God. God said to Abraham, after he told him this time next year, Sarah going to have a son. Abraham said, wait a minute, God. I'm, 90, I'm 99 years old. Sarah, 89. God said, listen. If there, I want this to shout it out on Facebook. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? God said, at the time appointed, nine months, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. I, I like God. <laughs> oh, my God. This, this stuff just blows my mind. God said, is there anything too hard for God? He said, Sarah, I know she laughed. And Sarah, and that, and, and Sarah denied, said, no, no, I didn't laugh. He said, no, you laughed. He said, but next, next year this time, 89 years old, girl, you're going to be 90. But this time next year, you're going to have your Isaac. My God, is, is he awesome or what? And I'm not done. Look at Jeremiah 32, 17. Jeremiah 32, 17. I haven't even got in my message yet. This word is so good, I got I to give you this before I get to my message. Jeremiah, I'm talking about the people out there who don't think God is in control. Let me tell you something. The people I don't think God can, can take this away. Let me tell you something. He's bigger, ain't that right? We just told you he's bigger than this stuff. Look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32. We're going to look at verse 17 and 27. Two verses. Jeremiah 32, 17. And then we're going to go down and look at verse number 27. Two, two verses. Mark your Bible if you don't mind. But watch what, what's going to happen. Verse 16 says, Now when I had delivered the evening, the evidence of the purchase, Unto Barak, the son of Neriah, I prayed unto the Lord, saying, This is what I, Jeremiah said, This was my prayer. O Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power, and thou stretched out on. Here it is. Don't drop your cup. There is nothing too hard for you. That's what Jeremiah said to the Lord. Jeremiah 32 17. There is nothing. Too hard for the Lord. I need that shouted out. I need that shouted. I need that to shake the airways out here. 170,000 people dead, coronavirus. But let me tell you something. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. I'm telling you right now. God is in control. God, I know people don't think Jesus is sitting on the right hand, but he is seated at the right hand of the Master on high. All power has been given to him in heaven and in earth and under the earth. Don't, don't fool yourself. Don't fool yourself. When God got through with Pharaoh, there were no more plagues. What a mighty God we serve. Let me say it again. When God got through with Pharaoh, there was no more plagues. Don't fool yourself. When God gets through, with some people, he's going to move the plague away. I'm telling you right now, he's bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse number 27. This is what the Lord said. Behold, I am the Lord. I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? God asked the question. He said, look. I'm the God of all flesh. I created everybody. Is there anything too hard for me? And you know what I know what I just got through showing you? There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Don't, don't, don't let nobody fool you. Look at Matthew 19, 26. See, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. The Gospel of St. Matthew. Let me show you verse number 26. I know, I, I know you probably have 
read this before, but I want to read it to you one more time. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus beheld them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. See, they were talking to the Lord about who can be saved. Who, who can be saved? He said, look, with men it is impossible, but with God. Somebody else said, but with God, all things are possible, but with God. See, the thing about it is, but with God, all things are possible. The key is, are you believing God to do this thing, or are you believing to do this thing yourself? Because if you believe God, there is nothing too hard for God. You know, I could go on and on. I mean, this thing just goes on and on, all through the word of God. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. You got to put your trust in it. So we're talking about God has given us his grace. Past tense, already given you forgiveness, already gave it to you. Already given you your grace. Ephesians 1 and 3 say he has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. But do you have Christ? If you have Christ, you have a new heart. You have a new spirit. That's why the message is so important that I did on Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You got to renew your mind. I'm telling you right now, that, 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 that's what's got to happen. All right, now, I told you this word receive also means to believe. That's what we're going to start off at. This word receive also means to believe. I want somebody to put it out there. To receive means to believe. It's the same word. So when you believe, you receive. How do you receive from God? By believing. What is difference in a man that's saved and a man that's not saved? The man that's not saved is an, watch this, unbeliever. He's an unbeliever. Otherwise, he does not have the ability to believe. He does not have the authority from God to believe. See, God gives you power to believe. God gives you faith to believe. See, that's why I read you, uh, when I read you Romans chapter 12. Let me go back and read it again. See, Romans chapter 12. So when a man telling you all this foolish stuff, you got to get in the Word. Show me what's going on in the Word. Romans 12 and verse number 3 says, I say through the grace of given unto me, Paul said, to every man that's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, According as God has watched this dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right, when you got born again, God gave you his faith. Let me show you that faith again, Galatians chapter 2. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Let's show you that faith. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live, here it is, by the faith of the Son of God. This is how you live. So when you got saved, God gave you his faith. This is how you live. You live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God gave you his faith. Now you can believe God. A man that do not have Christ cannot believe God. So the difference between a believer and an unbeliever, when a man is saved, he can believe. When a man is not saved, he cannot believe. All right? Now, I want to I sh show you that. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John. I got some place I got to get to you. This is why you got to have a new heart. I'm going to show you that in a moment. John chapter 1, verse 9. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 1, verse 9. We're going to look at that through verse 12. That which was the true light. That was the true light. Which lightened every man that coming into the world. Talking about Christ. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came to his own. Watch what happened. 
He came to his own. The Bible says his own received him not. His own did not receive him. But as many as received him. Now why is he using the word receive? Because God gave. See, I'm teaching you on giving thanks to the Father. Why am I teaching that? Because he gave. See, God gave us eternal life. God gave us his son. God gave us his blood. God gave us everything pertaining to life and godliness. All right? Now, if God gave, the Bible says he came to his own, his own received him not. Listen, they did not receive the new covenant. They did not receive Christ. They did not receive the cross. They received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Then he's going to switch up to them that believe, even to them that believe. So he says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. He came to his own, his own received him not. See them what received? Even in them that believe on his name. So what happened to those that believe? They received. See, the same word to believe is to receive. The word receive means to take what's given. So when the word is preached, believe it. God has given us his grace. Receive it. You know, God has sent me to minister to people. They won't receive it. And they're wondering why things can't work at the church. It can't work. You, won't re- you rejected the grace of God. You rejected the Holy Spirit who gave you the message. What an awesome thing. Watch what it says. To as many as received him, to them gave him power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed, that believe on his name. All right, now let's look at another one. Let's look at Matthew 13, 58. Let me show you just the opposite. Matthew 13, 58. Now, one of the things we got to understand is when Christ came to Israel, he preached in different cities. Look here. We went to his hometown in Nazareth. That's Matthew chapter 13 and verse 58. He went to his own hometown in Nazareth. Verse 53 says, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables, he left. He departed thence. And he was coming to his own country. Let us think about it. He, he had his own house now. Surely they're going to receive him, right? He came to his own country. The Bible says he taught them. He taught them in their synagogue. And so much that they were astonished. And they said, whence hath this man this wisdom? He blew their minds. Where did all these, this man get all this wisdom and all these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not this Mary, his mother called Mary? His brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? His sisters, are they not all here with us? Then ask another question, whence then had this man all these things? And they were offended in him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is, without, is not without honor, saving his own country and his own house. He come to his own country and his own house, and you know what he got? No honor. What do that mean? You can't get what the prophet got unless you believe that he's God's prophet. See, you reject who he is. Oh, this is just Mary's son, the carpenter's son. His brothers and sisters are here. See, you rejected him. You're still looking at him in the physical natural, and you don't want to see him as a man of God. That's why you don't get anything from God. Not through that man, you can't. So how are they going to get anything through Jesus? They just dishonored him. You can't dishonor him and then receive from him. 
It's, I tell people all the time, it's better to just go to another church, find yourself another church, than to have a man of God that you dishonor. How do you dishonor a man of God? Watch this. God sends him. God gives him. You don't believe nothing he say. You dishonor him. Watch what happened here. Here God sent Jesus Christ. Verse 54, he came to his own country. He taught them in their synagogue. And so much that they were astonished and said, whence had this man all this wisdom, these mighty works? So they see the wisdom. They see the mighty works. But watch how they dishonor him. They said, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? His brother James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? His sisters, are they not all with us? Whence hath this man all these things? See, they looked down on him. They didn't honor him. Then they says, and they were offended in him. Isn't that something? They were offended in him. Did not want to receive him and saw God had given him. They were offended in him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, saving his own country and his own house. He called that honor. They didn't want to honor him as a man of God just because he came from their town, Nazareth. But watch what happened. He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Okay, now what, what was the unbelief at? They had unbelief in their heart of who he was. They had unbelief in their heart, watch this, of who he was. They didn't believe who he was. He's the Christ. He's the Son of God. They didn't want to believe that. You know what? He could not do their many mighty works. See, you're trying to get God to operate in your life, but you don't want to believe who he is. That's why I started this teaching off telling you, is there anything too hard for the Lord? See, there's nothing too hard for God. He's bigger. He's mightier. He's greater. Any big words you want to use, he is our God. All right? Now, watch what I show you here in Titus. Let me show you what happened in a man. While you're in Matthew, let's go on over to 17, 19. Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 19. All this word is so good, man. And verse 19, then came the disciples of Jesus apart and says, why could not we cast this devil out of this man? Watch what happened. Jesus says, because of your unbelief. Wait a minute. We could not cast the devil out because of our unbelief. Yeah, you, you don't have faith in your heart. As a matter of fact, you're not even saved. You don't even have Christ in you. You don't even have a new heart. See, that's your problem. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. See, I know a lot of folks want to go down there to fast and prayer. No, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't the answer. They didn't believe because they wasn't saved. Unbelief is in the heart of a person that's not saved. Let me tell you again, unbelief is in the heart of a person that's not saved. Let me show you, let me show you a verse. Look at Old Testament. Let me show you verse 36. Let's go to Psalm. Let me show you something in Psalm. Psalm 36. Let me show you one verse. Psalm 36. He told them you couldn't do it because unbelief. Well, what was unbelief at? Was in their heart. A man that's not saved have a corrupt heart and unbelief is in the heart. So they don't have faith in the heart. Watch what happens. Psalm 36 and verse 1. I'm going to read this out of the good news. So if you out there got the good news, I'm reading good news all day today. Psalm 36. This is awesome. In Psalm 36 and verse 1, sin, King James used the word transgression. 
Saying what sin? Sin speaks to the wicked man deep in his heart. Wait a minute. How in the world sin going to speak? He has sin in his heart. See, a man that's not saved, listen, a man that's not saved has sin in his heart. See, that's why David gave us Psalm 51. Let, let's, let's hold on. You're right there. Look at Psalm 51. We'll come right back there. In Psalm 51, watch what David says. Be merciful, verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, because of your constant love. Because of your great mercy, wipe away my sins. Well, what was his sins at? See, people think you can water baptize a person and wash away their sins. You've been deceived. Sin is in the heart. And that heart is corrupt. You need a new heart. Watch this. I'm reading out the good news, Psalm 51. Wash away all my evil and make me clean from my sin. Well, where is it? Wash away my sin because of your great mercy. Wash away my sin. Make me clean from my sin. Well, when you go back to Psalm 36, you're going to see sin is in the heart. As a matter of fact, David going to tell you in this chapter. David said, I recognize my faults. I'm always conscious of my sins. I have sinned against you, only against you. I've done what you consider evil. So you are right in judging me. You are justified in condemning me. I have been evil from the day I was born, from the time I was conceived. I have been sinful. Sincerity and truth are what you require. Fill my mind with your wisdom. He realized his heart has sin in it. Remove my sin and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Wait a minute. He realized that he has sin in his heart. So you got to understand, so you go back to Psalm 36 and verse 1, in the good news, it says sin speaks to the wicked man, deep in his heart. All right, here you are getting ready to make a decision. And if you don't have God in your heart, who are you going to hear from? Sin is an evil spirit that need to be cast out of your heart. It's a spirit of guilt, condemnation, sin, death, evil, all that stuff in a man's heart. Well, what happened if you don't have a new heart? Sin speaks to your mind. Remember, your heart has everything in it as the database. But you have a mind, you got the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, this stuff is just coming up out your heart like a graveyard. Sin speaks to the wicked man deep in his heart. He rejects God, does not have reverence for him because he thinks so highly of himself. Otherwise, he got pride in his heart. He thinks that God will not discover his sin and condemn it. Well, where is this sin? In the heart. Now, let's go into the new covenant and let's show you in Romans chapter 7, the apostle Paul found out water baptism could not save him. See, this is what you've got to understand. Water baptism could not save Paul. He realized that sin was still in his heart after he had been water baptized. And here people are 2,000 years ago trying to get water baptized for salvation. Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Out of the good, out of, I'm going to read out of King James. I got it open. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, soul under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, 
that do I not, but what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent to the law that is good. Now then there's no more I that do it. Watch this. But sin that dwelleth in me. Wait a minute. If sin is living in Paul, where was sin living? In his heart. That's why you got to have a new heart. That's why Hebrews chapter 9 verse number 14, watch what happened. So you got to, this is what has to happen to you. You got you to believe God's word. Hebrews 9 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit off himself without spot to God, purge your conscience. Well, if he's going to purge your conscience, what is your conscience? Your mind. Your heart. See, your mind is your conscience, your heart is your subconscious. They both in this together. God must give you a new heart and a new mind. The blood of Christ cleanses your conscience from dead works, Dead works so you can serve the living God. See, a lot of people think, well, you know, we'll just get water baptized. Listen, you've been lied to. You've been deceived. Watch what it says. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You can't serve God with an unsaved heart. That's your conscience. Your conscience got to be cleansed. I gave you another one. I gave you Galatia chapter 2. I gave you Romans 8, 13. Let me, let me show them to you. See, this kind of stuff we've been teaching up in here. Romans 8, 13 says, if we live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit do modify the deeds of the body, where are the deeds of the body at? They're in your heart. They got to die. They got to be mortified. They got to be put to death. He said, if you mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. What an awesome thing. This is an awesome thing. This, this, is, this is the kind of stuff. Let me look at Colossians chapter 2. There's one there in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 21. It says in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21, first it says, And you <laughs> that were sometimes alienated and enemies, watch this, in your minds by wicked works, yet has he now reconciled. Well, if you are enemies in your mind, you're enemies in the conscience, you're enemies in the heart. You cannot serve God that stuff in your heart. Let me just stay right there. I, I was going to move on to some other stuff, but I think I need to, I need to stay there. Look at Matthew chapter number 15 here. Matthew 15, verse 7. Matthew chapter 15, verse 7. In Matthew 15, 7, watch what Jesus said. You hypocrites, well did his eyes prophesy of you, saying, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Their hearts. Then God said, because you don't worship him with your heart, otherwise you can't worship him until the heart is purged, cleansed, washed by the blood. God got to give you a new heart. That's why David cried out in the old covenant in Psalm 51, created me a clean heart, O Lord. Renew the right spirit within me. That's why David cried out. You need to cry out too. Water baptism ain't going to get this. Matthew 15 and verse number 9. But in vain they worship me, Jesus says. Teaching for doctrine, the commandment of men. In vain they worship me. Teaching for doctrine, the commandment of men. Let me show you Titus. Titus 1.15, the book of Titus. I'm, I'm going to stay with the King James, I'm in that. Titus chapter 1 and verse number 15. 
unto the pure. He's talking about the heart. He's talking about the conscious. Unto the subconscious. Unto the pure, all things are pure. If your heart is pure, then everything in your life is going to be pure. Unto the defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. That's, that's Titus. Titus 1.15. Unto the pure, all things are pure. Unto them that are defiled, corrupt. You got an old heart. Got the heart of Adam, heart of stone. Everything is defiled and unbelieving. He said, there's nothing pure. But your mind, their minds, watch this, and conscience is defiled. The mind and the conscience is defiled. See, the mind and the heart, both is defiled. Let me show you how they live their life. They profess. That's why I just showed you. They, they, they draw nigh to God with their mouth, but their heart is far from Him. They profess that they know God. But in works, they deny Him. What works He's talking about? Not what they're physically doing. He's talking about what's in their heart. They got unbelief in their heart, they got doubt in their heart. Their heart is corrupt. They're abominable. They are disobedient under every good work reprobate. They are, but they say, but they still cannot live for God. They cannot live for God. This is what you got to understand. God's grace is unmerited. It's unmerited favor. God's grace it's God's love to man. God's grace is undeserved. God's grace is unearned. Somebody ought to write them down. God's grace is unmerited. God's grace is God's love to man. God's grace is undeserved. You don't deserve it. You just have to receive it. God has given us his grace. And all I got to do is receive it. We told you this morning that what God does. Let's go back to those in Ezekiel because I didn't get, do a good job there. I just started that. Ezekiel chapter 11. God has to give you a new heart. And that's what people don't understand. You can't serve God until you got a new heart. You got to have a new heart. And that's what he's talking about. When God saved you, you become a new creature in Christ. You have to have a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 11. Let's start off there. Ezekiel chapter 11. And we're going to go down to verse 19. Then we're going to go to Ezekiel chapter 36. And we're going to look at uh, verse 26. All right. But look at here. Ezekiel chapter number 11. Verse 19. Watch what God says. I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within and I will take you, take the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God says, I'm going to give them one heart and I'm going to put a new spirit within you. Let me read that out of the uh, good news. That's, that's Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 11. See, God, God have to do this. That, that's my whole point. You got people still, well, just get water baptized. Listen, did you hear what God said? God said, I will. You can't do this stuff, man. Man, I sure hate to see you lost and go to hell trying to be faithful to your denomination. Ezekiel chapter 6, chapter number 11. It's an awesome thing to be faithful to your denomination, die and go to hell. You're not being faithful to God. You've been faithful to your denomination. Your denomination teaches that, and that's what you believe. Well, that's why I was raised. Well, <laughs> hello. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19, out of the good news. I will give them a new heart and a new mind. 
I will take away their stubborn heart of stone and give them an obedient heart. Then they will keep my laws faithfully and they obey all my commands. It's not going to happen. You're not going to keep God's word until you get a new heart. You can go to that church, you can receive water baptism, foot washing, eat the bread off the table, but you can't live right. You can't live right. You can't walk in love. You cannot walk in love. You can't walk in the spirit. You got to have a new heart. Look at chapter 36, Ezekiel. Chapter 36. We're going to start reading verse number 24. I'm showing you because Jesus, God is telling you everything he's doing. You know, you got people tell you, well, I, I did this how I got. You, you did nothing, man. If you're saved, you're saved by grace. If you're not saved by grace, you're not saved. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24. I will take, watch what it says. I will take from you, from among the heathen. And that's what he did. He took us also. We know we did Israel, but he took us from among the heathen. He said, I'm going to gather you out from all countries. I'm going to bring you into your own land. That's what he did to Israel. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. You shall be clean. Now, I know a whole lot of folks read this and say, yeah, that's what's going to happen down the road with Israel. Listen, this is what happened with Israel when Jesus came. All right? The word was fulfilled when Jesus came. All the prophet was fulfilled when Christ came. All right? Then I sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. From all your idols will I cleanse you. And watch what he says in verse 26. I, a new heart, also will I give you. And a new spirit. Now what's he talking about? I'm going to give you a new mind. And I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit to operate it. Just like a baby. A physical baby has a heart. A physical heart. Then the new baby got a physical brain. And then they have a cord that runs down the back of the head. Down to the heart. Do anybody know what that cord is called? All your... Your spinal cord. That runs from the back of the head or the brain to the heart. So when you look in a baby belly, that's all you see. A head, a heart, and a cord. Everything else forms from that. Now take that for an example. In the spirit realm, you have a mind spiritually. Then you got a heart spiritually. Then you got the Holy Spirit that connects the mind and the heart. So when you hear something, if the Holy Ghost don't want it, it don't get in the heart. You believe with your heart. You trust God with your heart. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me show you something before I finish Ezekiel. Let's go to Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. Let me show you something here. This is why you need to receive the Holy Spirit because he's the kingdom of God. See, the Holy Ghost, when the Bible said Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God not meat and drink, otherwise not bread on the table, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Say that with me. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Watch this. In the Holy Ghost. So when you get saved, God put righteousness in your soul. Righteousness on your soul. Now that righteousness on your soul make you right with God. When the Bible says put you on the Lord Jesus Christ, you put on righteousness. So he put righteousness on your soul. He make you right with God. Then his peace is what I'm talking about here in Philippians chapter 4. And verse 4 said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Watch what he said. He told him the Lord is near. Or the Lord's coming soon. That's what he's telling. If I read it out of the good news, Philippians 4. 
Let me read that the good news. See, that's all he's telling them. We live in 2,000 years later, and we got people still telling you that the Lord is coming. Keep on believing it. Either he's in you or he's coming. Now, which one is it? Philippians chapter number four and verse number four. Let me read this out of good news. He said, may you always be joyful in your union with the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Show a, show a gentle attitude to everyone. The Lord is coming soon. Now, this was 2,000. Every time the Bible said the Lord's at hand, 2,000 years ago, he's coming soon. Here you are 2,000 later, years later, and you still got people, good old church folk, good old church folk, they still waiting on the Lord to come because they're going to meet the Lord there. They don't want the Lord to come in their house. Don't understand. Why did God save you? So he can come here. Go back and look at it again. Pray. Pray thy kingdom come. Didn't pray. You didn't pray to go nowhere. The kingdom came here. That's why I read you Colossians chapter 1. He translated you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his dear son. You need to understand the word. You right there, I'm going to read Colossians 1.13. Colossians 1.13. Don't drop your cup. Colossians 1.13. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 13. He rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear son. If he brought you into the kingdom, how can you still be waiting for the kingdom? Somebody lying to you. Somebody is lying to you. You need to find out. Because that's not what your Bible teaches you. The Bible says in Colossians 1 and chapter, chapter 1, verse 13, it said, He rescued us from the power of darkness, brought us safe into the kingdom of his dear Son, by whom we are set free. That is, our sins are forgiven. And you got people still washing away your sin, trying to get baptized in Jesus' name. Well, your sins are forgiven. Ain't nothing you can do with a number. All right, now let's go back to Philippians. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. He said, don't worry about anything. Come on, tell somebody that. Don't worry about anything, but in all your prayers, ask God for what you need. Ask God for what you, well, he's already supplied your need. Always asking him with a thankful heart. Otherwise, thanking him that is already done. In verse 7, and God's peace, which is far beyond human understanding. God's peace. Now, when did you get the God's peace? Romans 14, 17. When the kingdom came into your heart, when you came into the kingdom, you have God's peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, Romans 14, 17. That's why you got to stop believing people lies talking about the kingdom ain't come yet. Then you got these folks over here going to church every Sunday and think they're going to the kingdom. Can't you see you've been lied to? If you're going to the kingdom, then the kingdom is a little building over there going to get burned down. All lightning strike, all earthquake or whatever. You don't want to be living in the kingdom, that kingdom. If you go to Hebrew chapter, chapter number 12, I'll do it for you. I don't want to see you die and go to hell. Let me show you Hebrew chapter 12. And verse number 22. Instead, you have come to Mount Zion. You come, <coughs> excuse me. You come to Mount Zion. You come to the city of the living God. The heavenly Jerusalem with his thousands of angels not coming. You hear what he said? He didn't say you're coming. He said you are coming. This is, if you're in Christ, this is where you come. You come to Mount Zion. You come to the city of the living God. You come to heavenly Jerusalem. You come with thousands of angels. You have come to the joyful gathering of God's firstborn son, whose names are written in heaven. You have, you have come to God, who's the judge of all mankind. You come to the spirits of good people made perfect. You have come to Jesus, who arranged the new covenant and the sprinkling of blood that promised much better thing than that of Abel. Be careful then that you do not refuse to hear him who speaks. 
those who refused to hear the one who gave the divine message on earth to Moses did not escape. How much less shall we escape then if we turn away from the one who speak from heaven? Now Paul is talking to the Hebrews whose voice shook the earth at that time but now he has promised I would once more shake not only the earth but heaven as well. The word once more plainly showed that the created things will be shaken and removed. And they were. So that the thing that cannot be shaken will remain. Now watch what he tells them. Let us be thankful then. Because we receive. We receive. A kingdom. That cannot be moved. We receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. See the key is if you waiting for the kingdom to come. Or you going to some building on earth. You're not going to no kingdom. You got to be in Christ. Christ is the kingdom of God. Let me say that loud. Christ is the kingdom. I taught on that already. Luke chapter 17 told us in verse number 20, the disciples came to Jesus Christ and says, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus said the kingdom of God come and not with observation. You won't be able to say low here, low there. The kingdom of God, watch this, is in you. Now, the kingdom of God is in you. What you doing at some house over there on the boulevard? We're at the kingdom. We got to go to the kingdom. You've been deceived. You've been lied to. And your salvation is at risk. Hebrew chapter number 12, verse 28. Let us be thankful then because we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be grateful and let us worship God in a way that will please him with reverence and awe because our God is indeed a destroying fire. So you better make sure. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and Philippians chapter number 4. Watch what it says. Don't worry about anything, verse 6. But in all your prayers and then God, verse number 7, that's who I am. And God, peace, which is far beyond Human understanding, here it is, God's peace, will keep your hearts and minds safe in union with Christ Jesus. See, if you got Christ in you, the Holy Ghost, through the peace of God, will keep your heart. Let me show you another one. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. You and Philippians go forward. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 15. It says, the peace that Christ gives to guide you. I want to wait till you get there. I'm reading out the good news. Colossians 3, 15. The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decision you make. So whenever you got to make a decision, God gave you the peace, the confirmation to guide you. For it is to this peace that God called you together in one body and be ye thankful. See, God has given you his peace. God's peace guides you. That's why you can be thankful. The peace that Christ gave is to guide you in the decisions you make. For it is to this peace that God has called you together in one body and be thankful. Let me show you one more. And that's Philippians, I'm sorry, Ephesians, I'm sorry. I got to go back to uh, Ezekiel. I want to get that. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24. I will take away from the heathen, take them from the heathen, Verse 25, I'm going to sprinkle clean, clean water upon them. They're going to be clean. I'm going to cleanse them from their filthiness and from their idols, I'm going to cleanse them. Then in verse 26, I will, I, I, a new heart I will give you. A new spirit I'm going to put within you. A new spirit. I'm going to take out that stony heart out of your flesh and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. Then it says in verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. Again, 
I'm going to cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgment and do them. I'm reading the same thing out of Ezekiel. See, you can't do this, my brother. This is God's work of his Holy Spirit. When you receive Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, God worketh in you. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 1. Chapter 1 and verse 6 first. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. I got the good news. Let me just read out the good news. I'm going to read both of those. I got two minutes. I'm running, I'm running close. Philippians chapter 2. See, you got, you got, this word is just go on and on. If you just get in it and just eat it up. Philippians chapter number 1 and verse 6. Just one verse. See, I like to do this because I got new Bibles. I get a chance to mark them in my new Bible. Philippians 1 and verse 6. And so I am so sure of that, Paul says. That God who began this good work in you. In you, see? In you. He set up the kingdom in you. In you. He began a good work in you. Who began a good work in you. Will carry it on until it is finished. On the day of Jesus Christ. That's what he told the Philippians. He's going to carry on this good work. See that's, see, that's why when you do Colossians with us, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. So God began to do a good work. Now in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, he also told them in Philippians, Philippi, in, in verse 13, Colossians chapter, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13. Because God is always work, at, God is always at work in you to make you willing and able to obey his own purpose. See, God is working in them. But see, the key is the Holy Ghost working in us. Back to Ezekiel 36, verse 26. Just one verse out of the good news. I will give you a new heart and a new mind. I will take out of your, that stubborn heart out of your, the stubborn heart of stone, he says. And I'm going to give you an obedient heart. I will put my spirit within you and will see you, see, I'm going to see to it that you follow my laws and keep my commandments that I've given you. And so that's what God had to do. That's what he had. He had to do the same way with you. Don't think you, you live so holy and pious and precious because of something you're doing. If it had not, you remember that? Been the Lord on my you Listen, if it had not been the Lord in you, what would you be right now? You can't live right if God's not in you. So you don't praise yourself because you live so good. You thank the God that's moving on the inside of you, that's living his life out through you. Man, my time is already gone. I thank you for yours. This God that we serve, he comes inside of us and he lives his way in us. We can't do it. We can let him come inside of us. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, always like to stand by the cross because this is how you were saved. You were saved by the cross. Nothing you've done. This is God's grace. God's love, God's favor is unmerited. You just got to receive it. 1 Corinthians 15, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, the gospel of Christ, which also you have received. You hear the word receive, wherein you stand, by which all you, so you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver you first of all that which I also received. That's what Paul did. He received it. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. All he did was receive the grace of God. You receive the grace of God. You receive forgiveness of sins. Receive God's mercy. Receive God's love. And God will change your life. He will give you a new heart. He will give you his spirit to live in my time is up I thank you for yours thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode if you're listening on iTunes be sure to give us a five star rating also be sure to find us online at www 
mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.